Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What is up, IDP Army, fantasy football fanatics from all over the internet, all over the world. It's your man, Jordan Reigns, at 50 Shades of Drunk. Today, we got a good show for you. We are going to be going back to our roots, as we always do, talking IDP today. The, the uh, football season's over. My Chiefs won it. No surprise here, but uh, you know we're going to talk about some defensive line players that you should be watching in Dynasty. We're going to talk about how some of the guys finished this year in defensive line scoring in Dynasty, and just kind of get you, uh, you know, y'all boosted and ready to go for the season. And this isn't the first show we've done on this. You know, we did the defensive backs already. The linebacker shows up. We got Dynasty value shows on wide receivers going back almost a month now. I mean, we've been pumping it out so. Like I said, back to the the defensive line, the IDP stuff over here. We are glad to have you with us. And I'm joined today by my man, Mace Miney. What is up, Mace? How you doing, brother? Good, man. Good. Uh, happy opening day of Dynasty. Ridiculous trades coming out now that the season's over. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, I'm already, the trade of season's already been going. I never stopped, hopefully, in your leagues. But, um... Yeah, we're going to be talking defensive line players. It was a pretty cool year for defensive line. Uh, we saw some players that we hoped would mature into somebody special do that. Um, but before we jump into that, I didn't actually get a chance to talk to you about this before we jumped on. I probably should have. But we had a conversation last night in the group chat. Iggy brought up, you know, Carlos Dunlop, part of the Chiefs team that got the Super Bowl last night. You know, is Carlos Dunlop a Hall of Famer? Uh, I thought it was a great question, a smart question. Uh, I said yes. There were some guys that were like kind of unsure in the group chat. Would love to hear the comments from anybody watching this video. Would love to hear your comments as well. But, you know, before we jump into it, you know, the, some of his accolades, you know, all decade team for the 2010s, uh, just got a Super Bowl. He's got over 100 career sacks. You know, really special player. A lot of pass deflections, too, which we talk about on this channel a lot. But you can get those kinds of plays from defensive line players. That really matters. You know, and one of those lucky players who's been healthy most of his career as well. But what do you think about Carlos Dunlop, uh, what he was able to do, you know, getting that ring this year? Uh, do you think he's a Hall of Famer? Uh, I'd like to see how the rest of his career plays out. I'd have to personally, like, look at him stacked up next to some Hall of Famer stat-wise. Um, definitely passing the accolade test, though, just by what you were reading there. Sounds sounds really good. Uh, the play is there. Uh, obviously, he's a leader on that defense. One of, like, the only veterans, right? <laughs> they have a bunch of young guys there. Um, so he was go ahead and able to, I mean, they didn't, like, struggle throughout the whole game, but who doesn't have trouble against the Eagles offense? You know what I mean? They were able to buckle down and still get some sacks, unlike the other, the other team. Uh, Dunlap, I mean, just looking at it right now, thinking, I, I would say, yeah. But I'd like to, like I said, go ahead and stack them up against some other guys and see kind of what's going on. And then also, are they going to run it back next year? And if they do, then, yeah, probably most definitely. Nice, nice. Yeah, I'm looking at some of his career stats. 100 career sacks, 77 pass deflections. Wow. That's a big number from a defensive line yeah. player. Uh, 578 tackles, three touchdowns. Now he's got his Super Bowl all decade you know i think he's got a couple all pros in there interested in what folks in the comments think um 
But I thought that was a fun question. All right, let's go ahead and do what we came here to do. Let's talk about the defensive line finishers for fantasy this last year for IDP. Uh, let's just jump right into it. Um, you know, the top guys, not, I mean, it's kind of surprising, but maybe not really. We'll go ahead and just read them off for anybody that is listening on the podcast. But your top 12 finishers this year in IDP, uh, in IDP 1, 2, 3 scoring was Max Crosby, Nick Bosa, Micah Parsons, Miles Garrett, Matt Judon, and then Hassan Reddick was your top six. And then Chris Jones, Alex Highsmith, Cam Hayward, ja, uh, Uche Nuosa, Deron Payne, and then Christian Wilkins was seven through 12. Um, you know, I, I, it's really good to see Max Crosby, you know, getting early in his career. There's a lot of people who wanted to fade him. You know, I mean, let's just call it what it is. Uh, you know, he didn't have all the PFF numbers, but he went out there and he's consistently showed up. He's played a zillion, trillion, million snaps, uh, and he's made a name for himself as a as a stand up dude on and off the field, and crushed it this year. Um, happy to see him. Only player at defensive line that went past 300 points this year. The only other point I want to note before I kind of turn it over to you and want to hear some of your comments and thoughts. Um, is Alex Highsmith and Cam Hayward another year of Cam Hayward finishing in the top 12 interior defensive line player? Some people call him. Um, and then Alex Highsmith, the, you know, great season from him developing into a really nice player. But I'm just want to bring up the Steelers pass rush continues to be elite, even without TJ Watt there. So uh, I'll turn it over to you. What, what are your comments, thoughts on this uh, on this top 12 finish at defensive line this year? Yeah, um, good shout out Max Crosby the past couple of years. He's kind of had the pressures. He just hadn't, he didn't have the sacks to go along with the pressures. So like you said, some people were fading him and stuff like that. Uh, good to see him come out on top. Uh, Nick Bosa in second. If he would have played a whole 17, or sorry, a whole 16 games, he probably would have hopefully broke that 300, but still good to see there. Um, Cam Hayward is what, 33, 34 now? Still balling out of control. I'd like to see how many top tens he has. I want to say he has two already. That might be his third. Total yeah, and one. he's gotten better as he's aged too. His better seasons have been the last few. Yeah, so um, I'm interested to see kind of how he rubs off with the Demarvin Leal, that rookie they had from this year. I uh, kind of reminded me of him, so kind of interested to see what happens when he comes back. But um, yeah, I like that Alex Highsmith as well, getting out there. Really um, underrated guy. Maybe try to pick him up if you can. Hopefully that carries on to the next year. I'm interested to see what happens when Watt comes back. Maybe. A little sack regression, but I mean, you never really know what that Steelers line. Uh, so, um, yeah, the first six guys you can just play popcorn with, you know, put them on the trouble dice and hit it, and they're gonna fall somewhere in between there. So, um, yeah, aside from Highsmith and Hayward, not, nothing too crazy there. Yeah, I'm pulling in some of these notes from another sheet we have, but I mean, sack wise, Highsmith 14 and a half. I mean, that's a big number. He started the season off with a pop. But it was just, it's really good to see him develop. Um, as far as, you know, the finishers, Hassan Reddick, it's funny. You know, we again, one of these players that people just wanted to fade for whatever reason. Uh, he didn't fit the narrative that they'd already decided that he should fit. Goes out, has an incredible season when he has 16 sacks. Um, he, the last couple games of the season, he had like two, 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 two. I mean, game-wrecking plays. Granted. The quarterbacks that the Eagles played down the stretch, you know, people may want to make a thing about that. Doesn't matter. Who cares? Hassan Reddick, you can't take those sacks away from him. Um, did not make as big of an impact last night in the Super Bowl as a lot of people would have thought. A lot of these long shot Josh Sweat betters. I mean, Jesus Christ, what are we doing out here, folks? But um, 
Yeah, as, as far as these these players, the, the, the biggest surprise to me is probably to see Deron Payne up here in the top 12. Honestly, um, not a player that I would have anticipated getting 11 and a half sacks. You know, as, as an interior defensive lineman, we'd like to see that tackle number pretty high, and he's done that in his career. Let's see if I can pull some of these guys up in the index here, actually. Actually, let's look at Alex Highsmith. I know his production profile is ready. I'll pull it up here real quick. Anybody else's production profile you want to take a look at? Um, there's a guy in the lower half that I just did today. If we end up getting to that low, I want to talk about. Um, but yeah, I want to look at Payne as well because normally it's Jonathan Allen who's the number one, I think, defensive lineman for Washington. Yeah. Hmm. All right, I could pull out and look at him real quick. Okay. Anybody watching? Uh, you know or not watching you know comment subscribe after the fact we will come back and answer your questions we will give you all the good stuff where do i have old d pain in here yeah we're updating this thing daily too man so yeah yeah if you are not in the index what you're looking at on the screen is the ultimate idp index well i'm probably gonna end up doing oh he's down in tier five so he's probably not up to date on this year because yeah. i think we're just pushing into tier five but we can take a look at his last season um because you have his this season already written down there so we can take a look here yeah this they have is a lot of decisions to make on the line in washington this yeah last year only four and a half sacks looks like he played 835 snaps but still had a good tackle number last year with 61 uh go back to your before that 54 so you know you knew these numbers would kind of be there again the 11 and a half sacks i don't think that that's going to be something we can count on he to yeah. me was the biggest surprise of the group um and then you said you want to look at old jonathan allen yes just to kind of get a comparison because i'm not I'm not sure of his contract status i don't know where he's going to be on talk to us man tell us something cool drop some alpha on the people um but i'm just looking at that oh actually today i was looking at a status that i posted like a buy sell kind of deal and it was um i had a breakout for quay walker i don't know if you can call it like a rookie breakout i guess but i was looking at him in the index i know it's not defensive line but uh pretty good numbers for there so if you have the index get in there and check that out um quay walker yeah quay walker yeah i was i actually had used it as reference for a trade today which was kind of nice I went in there and I mean, I already kind of know in my head where I kind of have him ranked, but just to go in there and actually have the references like the spot rack so you can check the contract and you're looking at the production profile, as you can see right here, if you're actually viewing it and if you're just listening, get on here and view it, man, because this is free info that could potentially help you. It's not free, but it is info. Well, I you mean, like if you're watching, a little if you're watching the screen, what we have right here. I know what you mean. I know what you mean. I'm just telling the uh it's a lot I and mean, there's hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of hours sunk into this thing at this point it's kind of obscene um 65 tackles this lat two this year 62 for allen 63 talk about consistent 68 going back to 2019 61 going back to 2018 and then 10 in 2017 i have to imagine yeah i only played 150 snaps so very yeah. consistent player with jonathan allen um, and again, with these interior guys, you can't really count on things like that. So I would say to me, the biggest surprise player of this upper group and the guy maybe I would be most surprised to see come in here again would would be uh, would be Deron Payne. But um, let's go ahead and talk through. Is there any of these other players you want to talk about in particular? You know, these how many of these guys do you think you can count on to see again? I mean, just looking at this list of fellows, I mean, 
Nick Bosa, Max Crosby, Michael Parsons, Miles Garrett, Matt Judon, Hassan Reddick, all those top six guys are guys that I wouldn't say we projected to be in the top six, but they were players that we knew kind of had that in their range of outcomes, probably at a higher clip than most guys. The guys on the back end of this, though, it seems like all of them were kind of guys I would not have expected to see here, except, yeah, I mean, maybe Cam Hayward probably. Um, any any final thoughts on this top 12 here? Anybody that you think is actually going to push up your rankings overall in Dynasty? Um, honestly, Alex Highsmith for sure. Um, I wouldn't say like Fade Nuosu, but I'm not really sure. He's been in the league for a couple of years. I think this is his first time doing something like this. Maybe be cautious of that. Um, I don't want to say trade him away, but I don't know. I'd have to look at that as well. Not really sure what the Seahawks are going to do on defense. So. Yeah, the Seahawks, I mean, they never really know what they're going to do either. I mean, they, just, they always have players, but, I mean, who are they? Yeah. Are they going to develop in anything meaningful? No, probably not. I mean, when was the last time the Seahawks had a meaningful pass rusher? I mean, Frank Clark, sort of. Um, Carlos Dunlop, who we were just talking about, he yeah. was probably their last meaningful one. You know what I mean? I mean, Bruce Irving, is he still there? Like, that's weird that that's even a thing to me still. Yeah, um, yeah. That just shows you where the Seahawks are. <laughs> in their uh, pass rush development cycle right now. <laughs> the spin cycle, that's for sure, man. Yeah, let's take a look at Nwosu, actually. You can pull him up. Let's see. Brian Burns. Oh, sorry, I know it's outside the top 12 you were just talking about. It. Number 13. Could not have imagined that. Yeah, yeah we can look at Burns, too, real quick. Uh, I think Burns, you know, he was one of these guys that he did not make it into the top 12. Probably a lot of people would have anticipated seeing him there. Good season for him. I mean, very steady sack production overall. It's pretty consistent tackle numbers as well. Um, did he get his extension? Yeah, he's going to get a big he's extension. Going to, with the new coaching and whatnot, there's no way they don't. And that, I mean, the mentality, like how do you think this defense was thinking amidst all the coaching changes, everything that's going on? You know what I mean? I don't know. So he's just a, one of those all-star players that when you think of him, you like I'm thinking top six, top eight, you know what I mean? in the potential mm -hmm. finishes so to see him not be in the top 10 is kind of like whoa there's cam hayward here's burns like what? yeah i mean you can just see his scores here though i mean no, yeah, a so 20 point game 28 point game but he really wasn't pushing past 20 very often man that's handful of games let's take a look at nuosu here he see he popped over 30 for a game Pop pretty close to 30 for another game. Very up and down. But that's the nature of the defensive line position. If you're just, you know, getting into IDP for whatever reason, you know, your defensive line players are very, very important, but they are boom bust in nature. So you kind of have to build a balanced roster with guys like Jonathan Allen, who we were talking about, where they have this high tackle number associated with them in the 60, 70 range. And that can buoy the fact that some players may not get very high uh, sack numbers. Like we said, Deron Payne, shocking to see him with 11 and a half sacks. Less shocking to see him with, you know, upwards of close to like 50, 60 tackles. Kind of thought that might happen. So um, that's just something kind of uh, zooming out a little bit for anyone who's kind of new to IDP. Let's, uh, oops, wrong notes here. Let's go ahead and jump back in. We did start talking about Brian Burns, but <clears throat> again, for anybody on the podcast <clears throat> who's not watching the video, uh, we do have a sheet up, but uh, defensive line 13 through 24, we had Brian Burns, Quinnen Williams, J.J. Watt, curious, uh, I, you know, kind of surprising, honestly, Daniel Hunter, DeForest Buckner, Jonathan Allen, a couple of interior fellas. There we get Josh Sweat at, at 19, 
Javon Hargraves, Aiden Hutchinson at 21, Zadarius Smith, 22, Cameron Jordan, 23, and then Josh Allen of the Jacksonville Jaguars coming in at DL24. Got some old guys in here. You know, J.J. Watt's not really going to be relevant anymore. Great career for him. Uh, I thought it was cool that he finished this season. It was his first season in three or four years with double-digit sacks. Hasn't had that in a while. Goes out with double-digit sacks. Goes out on his own terms. Probably could have kept playing, but not going to. Um, yeah, what are your what are your thoughts about this next group of guys? A lot of guys that I think we'll see going forward. Quentin Williams, Brian Burns, Aiden Hutchinson, Josh Allen. Yeah. Some players I'm less convinced we'll see again in this area. Uh, Josh Sweat. Maybe Zadarius Smith. A little concerned there, but we'll see. Um, yeah, what are your thoughts about this group? Yeah, with Darius Smith, there's always a concern, right, with health or with something going on like that. He's just got to get on the field, something like that. Um, shout out to number 21, Aiden Hudson, first rookie on the list, I believe. Uh, had a fairly good year. Hopefully he builds on that. Uh, you're going to have to pay up for him, definitely, in Dynasty, though, I'm sure. Uh, we saw, we had a show a couple couple weeks back where there was a guy in one of the leagues that I had that had traded a 101 for him in like a 105. It's, yeah, it's spicy up there. Um, Josh Allen, love that guy. Pressure King, only six sacks though. So want to see more than, than that for him. You got the profile. Yeah, your man, Josh Allen, you know, a yeah, pressure guy. And Ooh, there's something though. to worry about, you know, can he, can he continue to convert? Um, uh, tackle rates pretty low, but he's an edge player points per snap 0.21. You can see bottom left-hand corner 0.29 last year. So you can see why people were definitely chomping at the bit to put him on their teams. But look at his tackle number. 71 tackles with Urban Meyer this lap this year. New coaching staff, only 46. So obviously his his role is changing. It's evolving. 22 quarterback hits this year compared to 14 last year. So I mean, you can quickly again this if you don't have the index, you need to get it because you can quickly look at things like this, get a snapshot, and not just say, oh, well, here's what happened, but you can kind of say, oh, and here's why it happened. Um, and if you can look at you know zoom out, take a look at things. 900 snaps too you love to see that i think we could see you know i think six sacks is probably a little low for him probably convert a few more of those going forward love his profile here too though i mean very colorful you know a lot of plenty of tackles for loss that boo to score that's why he's up here in the top 24 with only six sacks um qb hits 22 good number he had a touchdown you know forced fumble i mean he literally was doing everything you could defensively so like that for Josh Allen. Going forward, you know, he, Max Crosby, Brian Burns, Nick Bosa, Montez Sweat, all in that same class a few years ago. Um, you know, Montez Sweat and Josh Allen seem to be struggling a little bit here down as we go further into their careers. Brian Burns and Nick Bosa and Max Crosby seem to be thriving right now. So I still think this is a good buy opportunity for a guy like Josh Allen, but um yeah, like you said, just a lot of pressures. How many total pressures did he actually end up with this year? I think it was 68. Whew, there, that is a there's lot. a couple weeks where he had, I think, one or two weeks he had over 10. And it's like, dude. That's a lot of pressures shit. to not be getting home. Yeah. It's a lot of possible sacks for other people, I guess. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants. They all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. 
Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, JJ Watt. Wanna... Go ahead. Uh, anybody else you want to key in on? Any other production profiles you're curious to look at? Let's look at Josh Sweat. I know I actually just did his like yesterday or two days ago. So let me find his. Um, what are your thoughts on Josh Sweat? I saw him come up a lot in discussions. He had 11 sacks. It's like, ooh, that's really shiny. But then you look under the hood and he played like 400 something snaps. And it's like, yeah. why are we cool with that? But, you know, we got a FUD, uh, Trey Hendrickson, you know, every chance we get. And some of these other guys that are efficient with their sacks. But for Josh Sweat, Eagles player, Eagles players just get treated a little different if you pay attention. But anyway. Uh, Let's go ahead. That's and why you gotta get look. in the index and figure out, you know, the snaps and think about the coaching scheme. Like yeah, you're just saying, with Josh Allen. there he is. Oh, Joshy, oh, Joshy Sweat. What the hell is that? Oh, good. My computer is deciding to be weird. All right, open. Mace, we gotta get you. Uh, we gotta get you some talking points for these these moments of silence. <laughs> Oh, sorry. Josh Sweat. All right, 587 snaps. Not terrible, but 11 sacks. Let's see what that converted as for a sack rate. Almost a 2% sack rate. A little high, probably. 0.37 points per snap. That's very high. Um, But, I mean, what pops out to you here? Um, Honestly, the QB hits. Immediately just screaming at 23. Uh, you see he's got one interception, one defensive touchdown, one pass deflection, one, you know what I'm saying? So he's got a lot of these extra points, very colorful chart, like you were saying previously. Um, yep. Can he keep it going? Are they going to make any changes to the line? I mean, you know they're going to be running it back, but probably got probably go more towards the rotation for them. I'm not really sure what he had going last year. More snaps last year. Yeah, way less QB hits, I think 10 less. So, yeah. The drop there, but <clears throat> still yeah, not horrible. I mean, a good guy to have in your flex if you have a or like exactly a that's the thing. Like, he's a, he's a replacement level defensive line player for me. You know, he's not somebody you're going to probably want to even play every single week. And I mean, you can see his, his sack numbers are obviously, you know, his snap numbers aren't overly different than they used to be. But with Hassan Reddick there, his sacks basically double, you know what I mean? So that he's one of those players that elevates people around him Hassan Reddick while also just being incredible so uh yeah I mean if you have Josh Sweat right now I think that's free candy but if you're going to try to get him like you were saying he's such kind of like a hot quantity name right now and he has those big spike weeks that you're gonna have to pay him for yep yep all right I'm gonna pull back up over here so we had a couple of defensive tackles in this back end area Quentin Williams massive season for him DeForest Buckner and then Jonathan Allen and the Javon Hargraves uh, and then Dexter Lawrence at 25. What are your thoughts on defensive tackles? How do you sort of go about drafting the defensive tackle position, addressing the defensive tackle position? And what do you think about uh, relying on these guys for consistent production maybe going forward? You know, um, yeah, just kind of break it down for me. Because I know some people yeah. maybe here come from a true position is what some people in IDP play, where you can play your defensive tackles and your edge rushers would be broken up. You know, some of these guys would be outside linebackers wouldn't be included. But on Sleeper, where we play fantasy mostly and we play Dynasty IDP, 
you know, they keep it in three positions. So the defensive line, the linebackers, and the defensive backs are all grouped. So we don't break up the defensive tackles, but we don't necessarily shy away from talking about them either because we can play defensive tackles. You know, I won a championship with a team that had a dynasty team. You know, I drafted DeForest Buckner on that team, and he took me straight to the ship this year. You know what I mean? Um, Nothing wrong with that. I've drafted Chase Young in the past, quickly realized that that wasn't going to work out, traded him away. So, you know, sometimes we can get a little bit caught up in the new shiny edge rusher that went one, two, three, four overall, and we can forget Jonathan Allen, DeForest Buckner, Javon Hargrave guys. You know, these guys stick around. And Cam Hayward, some of these guys get better. You know, they're not all Aaron Donald falling off the face of the earth, you know. No, for sure. So <laughs> he's, he's doing the Todd Gurley effect with <clears throat> defensive tackle. No, with some of these, uh, so, okay, you were saying true position and then just like your three standard sleeper league. So I'll start off with just if you have a defensive line, it's not individualized, right? You have your edge rushers and your defensive tackles fused into one. Um, I actually like having a guy like Jonathan Allen, uh, DeForest Buckner, or even um, Hayward, as we were seeing, because uh, we have these mock drafts going on for Dynasty. I mean, obviously it's Dynasty and it's only 13 positions, but there's not a lot of defensive tackles going. I personally love to have them as like my DL2 or DL3 if it's that deep of a league because you know what you're going to get with these guys. Um, you're not going to get that like crazy spot. I mean, you might get one multiple sack game if you're lucky a year, but you'll get sacks here or there and you're going to get efficient tackling. And really when your big guy doesn't have an amazing week, you can kind of fall back on that like cradle of points. Now in um, true position league, I normally, I just fade it and I wait until last normally. I kind of do it like tight end. If I can't get a good one or a big one in a, a decent spot, I'm just going to sit and wait and normally kind of play the wire and see what's going on. Cause normally that's only like a two position kind of deal if you're doing two true position. Yeah. Grover Stewart, even Javon Hargrave is a guy who, Again, the D-tackle positions, very boom-bust, a lot of single-digit games, but these guys can throw up weak winners when they go ham. You know, 33 yeah. points, 40 points, 26 points. Again, if that's a guy that you have to play on a bye week in a flex spot for whatever reason, it's nice to it's nice to have guys like that around. And just remember, you know, sometimes it's just about getting the points, getting some points. It doesn't have to be the, the, you know, the end of the season, a top-five finisher to help you win your fantasy league. That's something I think people get caught up in a lot in the offseason is, well, this player finished with this point, average points per game, you know, whatever. This player did this in the season. It's like that's less important than the fact that player X helped me win game Y to push me into the, the playoffs. You know what I mean? I, we post something in the Discord of Jarek McKinnon. You know, I, I had him on multiple championship teams this year, picked him up off waivers. I mean, he's been passed around all my dynasty leagues, you know what I mean? But he, for me this year, was my running back one on multiple weeks. And not just my running back one because he scored that, but because that's how I had to play him because that's how I play dynasty. Uh, you know, so, and again, I, I think it's less important to try to necessarily bag a Nick Bosa. Awesome feeling to have a Nick Bosa in your life. But there are players like Uchiha Nuosas and the DeForest Buckners out there where you don't necessarily set them and forget them, lock them in, but they can still win you championships. And that's where the management part of fantasy comes in. That's where, you know, getting your hands dirty, doing your own research, you know, and really digging into starting and sitting too. That's another thing. It's funny. So many people don't want to do start sit decisions anymore. And it's just like, that's, that's where you win. You know what I mean? Like it's that choice. It's, it's, and yeah, you're maybe right, maybe wrong. That's the fun of it. You know, it's a decision. 
it's not a it's not a computer or an algorithm you know we could just play against the uh against the uh against the um, projections you know if we wanted to do that we just run the sims for the whole fantasy season why, <laughs> we, why are we even here you know what i mean so we have to do this research we have to look into this and this game that we love and we play is developing in real time idp is the the future of fantasy i think a lot of people are going to catch on to that soon um let's take a look here at some of the top defensive line players that are in the index that did not finish super high this year uh, maybe chat about them tj watt did not but that was due to injury um harold landry also did not due to injury trey hendrickson did get hurt a little bit this year but he actually played let's take a little peek at his production profile and see why i still am so high on him yeah for sure uh with the whole big name concept uh the only name that goes on the trophy at the end of the year is yours so it really doesn't matter what names you have on your roster as long as it says champion and you have that little emblem in the you know bottom corner that shows yep. all your rest of your league mates that you're that guy yeah. Or gal. Yeah, this is it. I mean, this is a, a Trey Hendrickson, 32 tackles. Ugh, gross. Hate to see that. But, you know, eight sacks on yeah, just 629 yeah. snaps. That's not an obscenely un unreliable number, quite like Josh Sweat, but similar 24 quarterback hits. So, again, it's one of these efficiency sort of guys. Um, he did hurt his, he broke his hand at one point in the season, I know. So, he missed at least two weeks, I'm pretty sure. 0.25 points per snap, still a solid number. 0.28 the year before so that's probably why i still have him pretty high up here even though he did not come out with a huge finish this season is the points per snap and the fact that was he 28 years old yeah he's only 28 years old he's going to be a great pass rusher for a few more years um what are your thoughts on him i, I again a lot of people will probably end up sleeping on trey hendrickson because he's was... not he's not high he didn't have a high finish he's not sexy again i thought it was so funny so I mean it's not funny, but it is it's it's ironic, it's dark humor that Carl Lawson is get about to get cut by the Jets. Carl Lawson, who every smart, you know, PFF junkie, these people that claim to be smart that just regurgitating this nonsense, like, oh, the Jets are so smart for signing Carl Lawson. Oh, the, the Bengals are so dumb for getting rid of Carl Lawson. He gets so many pressures. Oh, oh, oh. Points for pressure, right? Now, got a guy who gets a lot of pressures and also converts them, Trey Hendrickson, what everybody say. Oh, the Bengals are so stupid. The Bengals don't know what they're doing. Carl Loss is the best. And here we are two years later. I think Carl, I think uh, Trey Hendrickson has like 15 sacks, 16 sacks the last two seasons, not counting his playoff sacks. The fact that he almost won a Super Bowl. Yeah. You know, Carl Lawson, what's he got? Three sacks maybe since going to the Jets, since he was the greatest pass rusher to ever hit free agency. <laughs> It's just these people that these people that win these arguments on Twitter, Twitter just gets so annoying because we never really we're not allowed to go back and actually say, well, you were wrong, you know, but when you're in the moment and you're not popular and you have a different opinion on a different player, nobody pays attention. And then what ends up happening is these players are actually good and they they get suppressed in the narrative because it doesn't confirm any priors. And then players like Carl Lawson go off and get cut because they're not worth what everyone said they were worth. And then we have to bury that under the rug, too, because to go back and even make that a talking point would mean that we look like idiots. And we, I say, is not us. I mean the greater NFL media uh, in general. So um, the PF, the people who literally walk around crutching on PFF and whatever this other thing is people crutch around on out there, I don't know. <laughs> I think sometimes 
this gets mixed up in between fantasy and real life. Like I'll even do that sometimes when I'm scouting or anything. Well, like you look at a guy. Let's talk about real life. Yeah. Let's talk about real life. If if Carl Lawson's pressures are so valuable, why is he getting cut? No, yeah, no, touche. But all right, let's talk about a guy like Eric Armstead. Eric Armstead gets up to the middle a lot, and he creates a lot of havoc for quarterbacks that have to get out of the pocket. That's not helpful, I guess, helping Bosa, helping, you know, whoever's on the other side, helping the other players on that line. Though Armstead and IDP, you're probably not going to want to start him. Like, if you have to, you're probably in trouble. But there's Mm -hmm. a lot of people that are like, yo, this guy's not worth the money. He's not worth this. And it's like, I mean, yeah, he has his down weeks like anyone else. But like at the same time, like you don't expect him to go out there and get, you know, thirty-five sacks a year or anything. Like that's not his role. His role is, I don't know, something else. But it's just one of those things where it, the narrative and the words don't match up with reality. You know, if he is the great, he's he was the greatest pass rusher, and he's still putting up that kind of production, but he's not getting home. You can't tell me that not getting home isn't the most valuable thing because he hasn't changed at all. Carl Lawson's the exact same player. He got a little injured. So what? That was part of who Carl Larson was too from the jump. No, Don't tell sure. me that's something new. No. Anyway, I do let's like... take a little peek here at how low I have Carl Lawson in the index. One thing I'm proud of about the index is I <laughs> try not to hold to pressure because last year, Joe, uh, what's his face? Marcus Davenport. Actually, since he's came into the league, Marcus Davenport every year is every IDP analyst's favorite defensive line player is going to break out. And he finally did too. Like year four last, he kind of had some points. But I didn't move him up the rankings very much. Like, I don't buy it. I don't buy it. Man, he went out and just shit the bed this year so bad. And I went and looked, and I was like, oh, I didn't fold. He's still super low. I never moved him up. You're welcome. Um, all right, let's see. Who was I just talking about? Oh, it's all Carl Lawson. Where's where he at? He's probably down tier six or seven. Scrub. Yeah, I like Trey Anderson coming in this year, though. He's got Sam Hubbard on the opposite side of him. Um, I don't really think the Bengals are going to be changing much. There he uh, is, Carl Lawson, down here in Tier 6. And just nice. so you all know, this is just the defensive line players that are showing up right now. Um, his production profile won't be in here because um, we haven't got that far. But, I mean, boom bust, disruptor, IR, value a third. Is he a buy? I mean, yeah, I don't know why I said that. It was probably high. <laughs> oh, here's some here's some pub. Let's see what the people were saying two years ago. Jetsland, former Bengals DE Carl Lawson, 20 sacks in four years, as if that's a good thing. Third down player for the first time in 20, as if that was a good thing. 38 pressures, most in the NFL. Behind only TJ Watt, Bud Dupree. Yeah, bum. Um, RIP, brother. Sorry you got hurt. But again, it's ACL. I mean, this is like the most common. Oh, it's like season Achilles. Yeah, this guy just busted up left, right, and center. Poor kid. Anyway, um, what are you going to do? <laughs> you try to tell people not to draft Carl Lawson. They do it anyway because PFF tells them to. What are you going to do? Jets What are you going to do? No, I'm I'm serious. What are you gonna do, Nate Mace? With him? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't. I was just saying I don't have. I don't personally have him anywhere. So there you go. See, we practice what we preach too. I actually had him on a like a like on an IR spot. I think I dropped him to put somebody else in there. Um, yeah, honestly, I'd, I'd probably have to go and dig to even. I, offhand, I don't think I have him anywhere personally. I'm gonna go ahead and pull this out. All right. Well, do we have any other talking points that we want to hit on? Um, 
like I said, this is just we wanted to recap the defensive line for the year. Hopefully, we you know, it wasn't super deep dive. Um, you can get into the index. You obviously should be supporting the community and all that on Patreon or on YouTube. I'm going to be changing up the pricing model soon. Um, what I want to do ultimately is just get everybody in all three indexes, which is the best ball, the dynasty and the IDP one. I just want to make it one price. And it's like if you come for one, you get them all anyway, instead of breaking it up. So working through how that's going to go right now if anybody has any suggestions or thoughts on a pricing range like i'm throwing it out there at y'all because i want to know you know what do you think this would be worth um you know as a, as a shift a pivot point for the brand or whatever you want to say so mace do you have any um do you have anything you want to plug what are you working on right now are you scouting stuff yeah i'm uh actually i was about to say sorry for the wait, people um, if you're listening, you've been looking out for that tribal content. I'm going to get that article out as soon as possible. Um, with that, the Underwear Olympics combine, as you guys know it, uh, happening soon. So get your hype pants on because I'm going to be out there hyping some guys up. Um, now that most of the stuff that I write about tribal, I understand that these guys are going to be some late round darts. But me personally, I'm all about some late round darts. If you can ship off some some dynasty guys that I don't know, like Carl Lawson for like a fourth round pick. Why wouldn't you? You're going to drop them anyways. You know what I mean? So go ahead get that. Use your spots and throw a dart and see if it happens. Because people that threw up a dart on Jack Sanborn are pretty damn happy about it. <laughs> I can promise you that. So that, that's the whole nature behind the beast on this. As I understand, it's not like a Will Anderson or um, I know, a Sewell. Like, it's not a very sexy player. But if you look at their attributes and what they have to bring, you look at some of these coaching changes that are coming through. Players, veteran players especially, are going to be getting dumped. You see the Chiefs, they have nothing but young talent on their team. Like one or two veterans, and that's it. And I feel like that's the way with this big nickel and what's going on in the NFL. They really want guys that are hybrid, dynamic, going on like that. What's up, Hustler? Um, yeah, so just um, notice these coaching changes. Look at the trends. See what's going on. Get into the index and and see. Notice players like uh, Josh Allen with Urban Meyer leaving. You can start to see that maybe his position, he'll be in the same spot on the field, but his role might be a little bit different. You got to find these trends, and we got the tools that will help you stay a step ahead of the game. So jump on it. Yes, sir. That's exactly right. So with that, I guess we're going to go ahead and jet set out of here. We appreciate everybody who came and enjoyed our show. Be sure to subscribe, um, you know, five-star rating and review. And we're going to do an IDP, a best ball and a dynasty show once a week until we die. So <laughs> wrap in, fellas and ladies and anybody else out there, non-binary. Uh, we're really about it so with that i guess i'm gonna say goodbye um go forth and fear no darkness in a wormhole probably about to burn in a white tunnel are you ever gonna learn see a land probably gonna merge gonna be dead laying in the dirt funny how you smart but you still a nerd play your part girl gonna turn Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.